We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you being here. Come on down. Have a seat in the front row. Uh, this episode, as always, is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you don't know what Prize Picks is, it's daily fantasy sports made incredibly easy. Two to six players of really any sport you want. Picking your stat predictions. Is it more? Is it less? And uh, you're watching the winnings pour in. Okay, If you want to get down on it, in terms of football, you've got one game left, and that's the big game on Sunday. So jump on PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash gold, and then use the promo code gold as well. And what they're going to do is they will match your first deposit of up to $100. Again, prizepix.com slash gold. Promo code gold. Appreciate you. Uh, today we're going to talk about the 49ers matchups with – 49ers matchup with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, and joining us this evening from Las Vegas itself, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the should-be co-host, if it wasn't for corporate greed, Kyle Posey, otherwise known as KP. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm tired. Um, not hungry, though, so that's good. Hawaiian barbecue. Hawaiian barbecue. Um, fun fact, I didn't tell you this. Saw carrot top today. Um, <laughs> doesn't look good. No, has he ever looked good? <laughs> <laughs> how how tall would you guess he is? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, he's because my my first inclination is to go short, like five eight, but. I'm going to go tall, like 6'2". Yeah, I think um, I think he's closer to 6 feet than 5'5". Five five. So, okay, so he's about my size. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Man, he uh, did not look great, though. <laughs> well, he's, he's milking it, baby, so good for him. Get those checks. Well, I mean, to me, the, the I mean, and shout out to Carrot Talk, but, like, 
he's still on like Vegas advertising and billboards and like come like so people obviously are still interested in him. Like, no offense. I, I mean, I just I could never see a world where I would care what he had to say or joke about. Like, has have you ever seen him before? I just I don't even know the value. No, I haven't. I didn't even know that he was still a thing, but apparently he's still like a prominent sponsor for one of the hotels. Like, and this is just his life now. So yeah, those like uh, Vegas personalities that kind of like they're just big enough for Vegas. Yeah, you know what I mean for for a, a show every other night. Uh, where so where are you stand? Where how's everything been? What's the how's the city treating you? No, not bad. So all the um, the media stuffs at the Mandalay Bay, um, but they're having the 49ers, all their media events at a hotel 35, 40 minutes away. So that's a lot of fun. Um, huh. Yeah, it just makes no sense how it's set up. There's been a lot of complaints from some of the senior veteran reporters um, just about how everything's being ran. Um I mean, but I mean, not uh, to mention the practice field. Oh, God. So, that, yeah, I'm driving by it yesterday. Yesterday being Tuesday night. So, Fortnite didn't practice on Tuesday. But if they did, it probably would have been awful. So, like, we're driving, and it it doesn't really rain in the desert, as one might imagine. <laughs> right. But I, we're talking puddles. We're talking, like, car drive, hydroplaning-ish water coming up to your window you take a step whoosh, you take another shot whoosh, like your shoes are drenched your socks are drenched the game is not played outside rob i don't know if you knew this but Allegiant stadium i, I did is, is not being played outside so why in the world are they pra- having to practice outside it's it's pretty dumb in that sense but um i don't it, know man like seeing the news unravel from that stuff it's like it seems mind-boggling, and I don't know if it was intentional or if there's some true conspiracy theory, Taylor Swift-type shit going on, but like, it seems like the 49ers just got the shaft on an epic level. Like, Oh, they, they definitely drew the short stick. So, I don't know if this is true, but the, does the home team get the, the home facility, quote-unquote? Because that's, I guess, which, that's what's going on here. But even if that which doesn't case, seem fair in the slightest, right? There's we're talking about a one seed versus a three seed. If we're if we're talking about that, but I don't know if the NFL thought it would rain. Like maybe they there was just no way for them to plan ahead, and they just figured, oh, we're in Vegas, it's going to be sunny because it's always and sunny. Even, and even then, it's like at the very surface level planning. You're like, okay, the Chiefs will take the Raiders' practice facility that's indoors, and the 49ers are going to take. Las Vegas or University of Las Vegas facility that's outdoors. We're not worried about that at all. Nope, we're good, man. Okay, okay. So how are they going to get grass? Oh, we'll just put it on top of the turf a week and a yeah. half before the game. Yeah, like, it's almost like they forgot there was a game. How? This is the NFL, which is essentially a license to print money. And yeah, it's a billion dollars industry. I guess if you want to look at this from a glass half full perspective. For the 49ers, it could it could create just another little chip on their shoulder, you know, like okay, like this is how this is gonna go. All right, fine. But they had to they had to do a walkthrough today, Brock said at the podium. 
like not not exactly a walkthrough, but he, he made it sound like they couldn't go full speed. And you can tell when they're getting asked these questions, they are being told to be very tight-lipped about, you know, how they really feel. And, I mean, I you could just sense from Shanahan that he's just not happy, but you know, go with the flow, right? It is what it is. I, I still think the way that they set, um, separate the media times up, so the Chiefs, they did their media this morning at, like, 8 o'clock. The 49ers had theirs at 4 p.m. So while one team is doing the media, what could the other team do at Allegiant Stadium? I wonder. Um, it right. just – it, it seems very simple as far as like fixes go. There can't be one indoor stadium in the city of Las Vegas. Like there are, <laughs> there's an XFL team here. Um, there's some of the, the biggest high schools in the country, like Bishop Gorman. Um, obviously, you know, LV, but it, yeah, they didn't think about this at all is, is all it really comes down to. And, and I, I understand um, there's no way to really prepare for a weather so many years out, but still. Yeah, it's it's pretty unbelievable. I think I mean I've seen many thing mentioned many things mentioned online about the the options the 49ers have. I saw I think it was NBC Sports Bay Area report that 49ers consider just flying their ass back to Santa Clara. I've seen somebody say that they have the option of using the Raiders practice facility at a different time, um which maybe we'll hear about them doing that tomorrow if the field just sucks that much. It's I mean it's just to me, it's not necessarily like quite to the level of, oh, if they lose, this is why or part of the reason why. But it's it's really throws like a, a wrench into the whole like mystique of the Super Bowl or the fact that it's kind of like the absolute premier sporting event in the world. You know, like it's one of the most watched programs in all year on television, if not the most watched program. And that's, this is how it's being handled. It seems so Bush league. Like it's so weird. It's yeah, so it weird. Um, man, I, this is, it seems like this is the first time and maybe we're just so detached because it hasn't happened um, to the 49ers, but it, I imagine this is the first time it's happened at the Super Bowl level anyway. You would hope so. There's, there should be zero, Point zero discrepancy between the teams. You know, like the NFL, you would think in their infinite wisdom would do everything in their power to make sure that everything leading up to this game was like 50-50, but the same for both teams. You've got the morning window to practice on this day. You've got the afternoon window to practice on this day. You're practicing on the same field. It switches the next day. You each get a two at morning windows you each get two afternoon windows. You know what I mean? Like you think that this would be like something that was taken very special care to make it seem very even. And, but right now it seems like the chiefs are just fucking riding, you know, sitting over there just thinking about no how umbrella needed it. for them. Right. Um, yeah, I, I guess the rain hit the roof. <laughs> that is the craziest part. Like they're just, they don't have to worry about that. I think, to put a bow on this, think about how the 49ers practice, right? Like, think about every time Kyle Shanahan talks about practice. The only way you can get better at football is by practicing. They practice a certain type of way. They they go hard at practice. They can't do that on arguably, you know, the biggest day um, leading up to the game. So, hope, you know, hopefully they'll, they're able to get some work in tomorrow in some dry conditions. And, and it didn't rain 
today. So like, who knows how how playable, quote unquote. Maybe their the practice were. field sod will be floating on top of a layer of water that was trapped <laughs> between the sod and the See? the artificial turf field. Goodell knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. This the the fix is in, folks. The fix is in. Um, anything, uh, anything about uh, your your time at the uh, media event um, since getting there yesterday that has stood out to you, or you feel should be mentioned to the uh, the striking gold family? No, I mean it's been a doozy as far as questions go. There, there are people who should probably not be asking questions. There are people who I have just never seen in my life, and I. I I think the vetting process needs to change as far as who gets credentialed, but no, nah, not really. I mean, as far as the players go, they've always been down to earth. They're always just pretty cool, pretty open. So if you ask them a question, they're doing a good job of taking it in stride, even if it is the dumbest thing on earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Asked. So no, they're they're handling like pros. All right, man. So. The game, the game. Well, before we get into the game, and I think this is an important, what, what I'm about to ask you is an important, sheds important context on the game and how I feel about it. But you created two YouTube videos on your YouTube channel, and your YouTube channel name is just Kyle Posey, right? Yeah. Okay. And I did see somebody in the comments that said, I don't know if you caught this, said that Rob sent us here, and I'm glad he did, because nice. you know, I, don't, I, can't, I can't remember the rest of the comments, so... I'm fucking. I'm putting the word out, okay? Say no. Appreciate that, man. Say no. Say no bullshit. So, the 49ers had probably the biggest Jekyll and no. I'm gonna call it no. I mean, I guess in football personality, we'll call it a Jekyll and Hyde. They were they were a, a, they were soft as hell in the first half, and then they looked like they were playing to go to the Super Bowl in the second half against the Lions. That first half was one of the worst performances, maybe overall, I've ever seen from a defense, period. And let alone could be, probably is the worst performance against the run I've ever seen from a defense, period, in the first half against the Lions. And then everything changed. Tell me, just in whatever way you want to say it, what was the difference between the first half and the second half? Because you have two very detailed videos breaking down both. So just, just give us the, uh, the uh, uh, summary. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you put it pretty good there at the beginning where you're talking about it It almost comes off as in, and you can probably say this about the first half of both games where, hey, we're the 49ers. We won a bunch of games in the regular season. We roll the ball out. We have better players. We're going to win. And that just was not the case. Um, they were out-schemed. They were out-hustled out physical, like the Lions came out and kind of punched them in the mouth. And Mooney, Mooney talked about that. Mooney Ward uh, talked about that a little bit where I don't know if they just didn't expect the Lions to be physical, but they were. And they Which had is a- crazy because that's exactly the brand that I, I felt the Lions embraced going into that game. Yeah. Um, the Lions do have a very good offensive line and that should like, that can't go unnoticed. But I mean, if you think about the, you know the, the big touchdowns that they allowed, we're talking like on one side of the field, you know, four or five players are jogging to the ball. On the other side of the field, players are just overrunning, um, right down the pipe, getting washed, just in the wrong gaps, just all over the place, really. Where 
normally the 49ers over the course of the season, like they're going to make you drive the ball down the field. If you're going to score on them, it's going to be a methodical 10 play drive. And then you see James Williams, like whoosh. you see Jameer just what, what are they doing? So the second half, the other, I think Mooney also brought this up where the coverage wise, they just played man and that allowed them to just get more downhill, right? They don't have to worry about getting to their zone they're getting to their drops, getting to their spots, but, I think that that was a big reason, but just not not making mistakes. There's been a lot made about Chase Young. I don't think he played nearly as bad um, as as it's been made out to be. He had like three or four bad plays, but there are also plays he made against the run too. But when you do make the bad plays, you stick out like a sore thumb, and you're, you're it's evident that you're jogging. Um, yeah, just just not a good look for how they play. So I think you know skipping to the Chiefs here. We're if we don't see like a, a do or die type of effort, I I don't know what like how you could come about that. So just I mean it was a myriad of things, right? It was it was pretty much everything. I don't know if there's one thing you could point to because the tackling was bad once again. Tackling was bad in the second half. The aggression wasn't there. The aggression was there in the second half. Um, it, I don't think it's as simple as hey we're playing man, we're playing zone. So. I, I really don't know if you can pinpoint it to one thing just because it, it was so many different things on so many different plays too. And it wasn't just one person making a mistake. It was, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it watching the game. I was kind of taken back, not, and there was, you know, there was, we've well, never seen one, them do that. That's the thing. Well, yeah, essentially the lions 49ers, the 49ers, you know, like, yeah. That's typically what we're used to seeing the 49ers do to other teams. It's just line up, just know that their 11 is better than your 11, and we're going to run for five yards of carry, and we'll see you in the end zone in 10 plays. But that's exactly what the Lions did. I mean, you're talking about the ultimate, like, bitch slap type of stuff. Like, hey, it's third and 12. We're going to run it, and we're going to get it. And you're like, dude, what the – like how, and I think that was one of Chase Young's bad plays, which is obviously, if you're gonna have a bad play, that could have been the worst one to have, just based on the, the the timing of it all and what the optics looked like. But I just had never seen a team get pushed around that bad before, and I think in the first half, I, sh- I've, I mean, I've got the the overall numbers in front of me. Let me really quickly click on the halftime report. At halftime, the Lions were averaging seven yards a carry. That's, I mean, that's a first down. That's two first downs every three plays. Like, yeah, I would imagine that's that would be lead the league by probably a yard and a half, right? Yeah, uh, easily. The 49ers, in contrast, in that first half, were were averaging two point nine yards per carry, and that was not how the game stayed. If anything. Everything flipped. You know, obviously the Lions made some mistakes. They went for some fourth downs they probably shouldn't have. They turned over the ball. You know, they gave the 49ers momentum they didn't deserve. But the 49ers capitalized, and they just kept going, and they played a, a second half for the history books, essentially. But to yeah, me, they here's, and here's, they needed to. Right. And here's where, uh, when it gets to the Chiefs, I start to struggle because the one seed plays the seventh seed. It comes down to a game-winning drive from Purdy. They get it. They get it. And there's no denying that a game-winning drive is a game-winning drive in the playoffs. Like, It's hard to turn that into a negative. 
Then, so they, they, they needed a game-winning drive against the Packers. They got it. They needed a historic championship game comeback against the Lions. In like and a quarter, by the way. Right. And they got it. But to me, my my brain and, and everybody who listens to this pod know that knows that I'm usually fairly confident in the 49ers. But watching the way the 49ers have won these two games, it's been very difficult to convince myself that they have any real shot against the Chiefs. I know that they're more than talented enough. I mean, there's this team's so good and or it's talented that they could I mean, they could destroy the Chiefs. There is a reality where that happens, where they could beat the Chiefs by, you know, three scores, two scores. It's not probably the not a likelihood, but so anyways, what do you I mean, what do you think about this game and what about the 49ers performances in the first two playoff games compared to the Chiefs performances? Let me get on that first. I mean, you're talking about a team that held the Ravens to 10 points. They only scored 17, and they didn't score a point in the second half. But they almost, they, but they also didn't give shit up either. You know, and they held the Ravens to 10. They beat the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills 27-24, both games on the road. To me, it seems like the Chiefs, they haven't necessarily won, like, gloriously. They haven't necessarily just kicked ass but they have just seemed a lot more in control, I guess is the best way to put it, through the first, through the playoffs so far. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? And this is just a general 49ers versus Chiefs. What are your thoughts, dude? I think the 49ers are a tier and a half better than the Chiefs. You talk about the AFC Championship where the Ravens didn't score. Third quarter, second drive. Ravens have second and five on the Chiefs' 37. Holding, they don't get any yards. Then you get then Lamar gets sacked, so they don't get a chance for um, field goal. So and their kicker's Justin freaking Tucker. So that takes points off the board. Next drive, sack fumble, short field for the Chiefs. Next drive, driving the ball, Lamar throws it into triple coverage. Um, you have Zay Flowers fumbling the ball, diving into the, the freaking line. end zone like a moron. <laughs> um, when would we ever see <laughs> it's funny to say like when would we ever see the 49ers do that after they've done it for two games but um, that that is the good fortune we're talking to like as as quote unquote lucky as some some people are taking uh, these 40, the 49ers in these last two games I feel like it's been the exact same for the Chiefs in the second half like Josh Allen threw the ball 40 times but they didn't they didn't have 200 yards passing the Dolphins scored once on eleven drives. That's that's literally yeah, never I didn't happened. Even mention the Dolphins game this season for the 49ers. So I think I do think it's it's good that they were able to get their scares, their scare, I should say, for sure against the Packers. Um, I, do you think I there's think a chance that the that the what's okay? I'll ask you this: What's a better chance? The 49ers were scared straight. Against the green against Green Bay and Detroit, as in they'll play a Super Bowl that befitting of a team this good, or that is just a those are just previews of, of what's going to happen again. So I mean, I, I think stylistically, and I understand your question. I just don't think I think we're putting way too much stock in the past two games for both of these teams and ignoring what they were 
the entire second half. The Ravens did not run the ball. Think about it. Your quarterback is Lamar Jackson. You are the only team statistically better than the 49ers as a rushing as a rushing team all year, and you didn't run the ball in the second half, despite it being like a one-possession game. That's just bizarre to me. Um, the, the, their leading rusher outside of Lamar Jackson was Gus Edwards with three carries for 20 yards. Is Christian McCaffrey going to have three carries? Like, what are we doing here? The Chiefs are below average, like well below average. They're the fourth worst um, defense as far as um, rushing EPA goes. They were bottom 10 in success rate. They were bottom seven in schedule adjusted efficiency. You just, you go down the line and you see the teams that have gashed them on the ground. And then you see what they're going to run into today, or sorry, on Sunday. Um, that part is being ignored quite a bit. Um, the Bills also had plenty of opportunities to score, and they did not. I think they are just too Josh Allen, Steph Diggs dependent. And when I think of the 49ers, you want to take away option A? Okay, they have option B, C, and D. And that's been a pain for a lot of teams to stop, and we've seen them. Juwan Jennings much- is like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> for as much <laughs> as we've talked about the, um, the struggles of the defense – and I know that's been a slow start for the offense, but their offensive output has been as good or better than it was in the regular season, like in the grand scheme of like when you put all both of these games together. So I, I just think it's going to be a really tough matchup for the Chiefs. Um, again, like they they are very good on defense. There is no doubt about it, but they haven't played a team as versatile with as they have many held weapons. seven of their last eight opponents under one under twenty one points. Which is my favorite stat when people talk about this, but they don't talk about who they play, right? They don't talk about <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the opponent. Which we could, that they we play. could look at. I, I was going to mention this too, and now that you've said it, I did get on here and look, and you look at the Chiefs games leading into the playoffs. Now, AFC wins in, yeah. Mark Andrews well, did not play. That was his first game in two months, and that's their best quote unquote receiver. Their right. other best receiver is a rookie who had 100 yards. Like, he didn't struggle. He just freaking fumbled. But there isn't another receiver on that team that you would point to and be like, oh, he's going to beat us. The Chiefs took away Diggs because that's what good teams do. They're going to make somebody else beat you. And the Bills don't have somebody else that can beat you. The Dolphins didn't have, like, any healthy players. <laughs> they weren't even a real team in that game. So I don't know why we're giving credit then. Skip week 18, week 17, Chiefs, Jake Browning, week 16. Chiefs, Aiden O'Connell, week 15, or sorry, yeah, week 15, Patriots, Bailey Zappi. Are we really giving them credit for this stretch that we're talking about? And it sounds like I'm, you know, I'm poo-pooing on everything they've done. And, and if you and keep I, going, you've got a loss to the Bills, and then you've right. got a loss to the Packers. You've so got- a Shanahan-ish offense in the Packers, and Jordan Love carved them up, and they were able to get – or have a lot of success doing a lot of the same principles and schemes that Shanahan does as far as jet sweeps, as far as motions, as far as uh, play action, getting guys down the seam. Like they were able to um, move the ball pretty easily against the Chiefs, uh, honestly. So um, even the, the Eagles had some success going back a uh, little ways. And in, in the regular season game too, the Dolphins, like if it wasn't for Tua being Tua, <laughs> the the Dolphins probably challenged the Chiefs in that, in that one. So when, when they play an offense with a pulse, th- their numbers just fall off a cliff. And they have not seen anything close to the level um, to, the, to the offense. So what do, you, what do you attribute, and you kind of already said this, but 
I mean, the Ravens essentially walked over the 49ers. And football math does not work. Just because the Ravens beat the 49ers and the Chiefs beat the Ravens does not mean the Chiefs can beat the 49ers. That ain't how this shit works. It's never worked like that. Matchups are way more in depth than that. But like, how do you how do you see the 49ers righting the wrongs that the Ravens committed? You know, after the Ravens, you know, took the 49ers to school on Christmas Day. Yeah. So I mean, it's gonna. They had 16 total carries as a team. Baltimore did. Um, I I think that's gonna be Christian McCaffrey's total himself. <laughs> and, that, and that goes before, you know, adding any potential scrambles from Purdy. By the way, that's going to be a thing because the Chiefs love to play man coverage. They play it at the fifth highest rate in the NFL. So when they, the defense, you know this, when the defense turns their backs, a uh, quarterback can just take off, which he did a hell of a job in the second half of. Um, but yeah, like the Baltimore, they didn't target anybody outside of Flowers because they didn't have anybody to target outside of Flowers. Their, their next um, leading receiver was a running back out of the backfield. Seven, seven targets, only four catches for 34 yards. Ugh, no, that is just that's not how the 49ers operate. They're going to stretch the field and they're going to make sure that players like Debo, um, players like McCaffrey, like are going to be heavily involved. So if Legarius Sneed, who's a very good cornerback, is matched up on Brandon Ayuk, by the way, I don't think Ayuk's gonna get. Uh, he's not gonna get shut down by Snead because he doesn't really get shut down by anybody. Man cover, like he's one of the best route runners against man coverage, like success rate wise in the NFL. So like it's a step up in class for Legarius Snead. It's a step up in class for everybody else on the Chiefs. Like, and that's before we get into like how well Brock does against the blitz, how he processes things, how he beats the blitz. What's the best way to beat a blitz? Throw a screen. The 49ers have like two screen gods in McCaffrey and Debo, and they make one guy miss. And now an eight-yard gain turns into a 26-yard gain. So I think there's going to be a lot more explosive plays on the table for them. And like you brought up the Ravens and 49ers. Assuming Purdy doesn't throw four interceptions, I think the offense is going to be just okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Okay, so you've done an excellent job. And, and I'm 100%, just so everybody knows, and anybody who's been listening to Strike and Gold knows I'm, I'm not hard on the 49ers. I, I expect the 49ers, I've expected the 49ers to play well throughout the season. You're not uh, the only one who feels this way, by the way. And, and what, I understand why Like there is some doubt um, heading into this game. Yeah, it's uh, it, those two playoff games. I mean, look, <laughs> like a, a win is not just a win. I've never thought that. But it, the 49ers finding the like the the mental fortitude to to win those games, especially the Lions game, is an invaluable quality in and of itself. Like, I don't think many people understand just how. Like coaches spend their entire lives in search of players and or a team that is capable of staring a 17 point lead in the face and saying, fuck that. Let's go back at him. You know, like that is not a common thing at all, even in professional sports. They're humans. You know, emotions can overcome you. Doubt can overcome you. Despite everything going wrong that could go wrong, the 49ers found a way to win that game. And I think they deserve praise for that. But the thing I keep saying to myself, to anybody that wants to talk about that game, is the first, the second half was phenomenal from a 49ers perspective. The first half still happened. And I, again, I've never seen a defense look that unprepared for a game. Playoffs, no play. Like, it just, it really, like, stunned me. I was like, whoa, this is different. I've, and here's the, the thing, KP, and you could try and, Changed my mind on this too. The I, the fact that we have listened to a team talk about its lack of discipline and intensity and effort in an NFC Championship game boggles my mind. Like that is pretty wild. And and everybody's talked about it. Like everybody's admitted to it. Everybody's you know, and nobody's hid from it, which is fine. Accountability is not a bad thing. But the fact that it even was a thing. You know, and, and no matter what anybody fucking says, like a coach, a player knows, like if you're on the backside of a play, there's plenty of plays where you know you don't have to go flying towards the ball until you realize you did, you know, like until the guys missed two tackles and you realize that if you would have taken a good pursuit angle, then you would actually been in on the play. But it's just, I don't know, what, what do you make of that, man? Like the fact that this team's openly talked about, like, and, and even Steve Wilkes, who you got a chance to talk to at media day was like, you know, not to sugarcoat it, it was downright embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I, and I think I talked about this in the video where they they just assumed the tackle would be made, which is like the worst thing you can do on that side of the ball. Um, I really have a hard time thinking that's going to be an issue moving forward with how much they've talked about. I also think like it's okay to give the Lions credit here. Like their team speed compared to the Chiefs team speed is not close. Like Jameson Williams and Jameer Gibbs are two of the faster players in the NFL. The Chiefs do not have that. Jameer um, Gibbs is going to be a star, bro. Oh, he's he's like four too fast. Williams is like four too fast. The fastest player on the Chiefs, maybe Rasheed Rice, and he's he ran a four five one. Pacheco ran like he ran for sixty eight he had averaged two point eight yards a carry against the Ravens. Travis Kelsey is at an age where he's lumbering. Um, right now, and I'm not saying like he's going to be effective because he went off against Ravens and 
he goes off in the playoffs against everybody. And that's probably going to be um, something that they need to have circled and ready to go. But I, I really think the team speed is going to favor the 49ers. So, um, oh man, you, you can't ignore it. But I think the biggest takeaway from both of these games, Packers and Lions, was 49ers won a playoff game, two playoff games, and they played like their C-minus game. You could argue Packers like D-plus. So are we really going to get three games in a row of like C-level play from the number one seed in the NFC? I do not see that happening. I really don't. And I just think the matchups on both sides of the ball favor them like in so many different spots. Because all think about this game. Think about like if you just taking in sports talk radio, taking in like what what's on national TV, the handicap for this game is Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid off a of bye. That's it. That's all anyone ever talks about. Nobody talks about how the Chiefs have a terrible run defense. Nobody talks about how the matchup advantages as far as who's going to guard Debo, who's going to guard Kittle, who's going to match up with McCaffrey out of the backfield um, on the other side of the ball. The Chiefs are slow. You do not beat the 49ers without team speed. I think the Ravens kind of proved that. Lamar made a bunch of plays. Yes, Mahomes is a dangerous runner, but they can bottle the ground game up, and it's really going to be like a heavy dosage of screens, I imagine. So if they can just stop the Chiefs' screen game, which is easier said than done, they are very good at that, and like keep Mahomes in these third and longs, and <laughs> he made a, a bunch of crazy plays in both of these games. Like he's he's thought of as a goat for a reason, but those like that's the variance you have to live with, right? Like if he's going to convert third and twelve multiple times which the, the 49ers gave up <laughs> in these <laughs> games. Um, like that, that, it's it's weird to say, but it's kind of just how you have to live with it. But I just – I don't see the the path to the Chiefs getting to 20-plus, and I don't see how they're going to stop the 49ers from getting to 27 because nobody stops them from getting to 27 except themselves. So um, barring turnovers, barring – just kind of throwing up on themselves as they did in the first half. I, I really like I, – I'm actually I, – I think I'm more confident in this game than the first one, which is weird to say. It, it's – because we're talking about, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid, the, the reigning Super Bowl champions. But I feel like, like just how these teams match up against each other, what they were down the stretch, it's – in a way, it's like a step down in class for the 49ers, and it's the opposite for the Chiefs. Like they're they're missing their starting left guard. Um, they're banged up in the secondary. I don't know. I'd I'd never I'd never watched the Chiefs during the year and came away thinking, oh man, these guys, <laughs> they're gonna make the Super Bowl. Because like this is the the worst offense that Mahomes has had. But because he's so special and because they, they did get a lot of breaks in both of these games that's conveniently being ignored. Um, and, and I mean, it helps with what the 49ers did. So, you know, a lot of folks can focus on on that aspect, but I don't know, man. I mean, is, is MVS going to go off? Is that going to be uh, how the Chiefs pull this off? <laughs> well, I mean, he did have that, that one catch, but I think he had like two catches that game. Three that's what I'm saying. Like people, when whenever it's, whenever they bring, oh, MVS is a deep threat. Oh, you mean that one catch for 32 yards? Two catch, yeah, two catches, and his other catch went for six yards. 
yeah, like, okay, that happens. That's football. You have to do it on what, four or five more drives? The Chiefs do not score in the second half. Teams consistently come out of halftime and shut them down. They have no answers. After you get them off their opening script, they, they look very pedestrian on offense. And you cannot be a pedestrian offense and compete with this offense, the 49ers offense, because they put so much pressure on you to score. And again, like Steve Spagnuolo is an incredible coordinator and he is going to blitz the hell out of Purdy. But Purdy is statistically the best quarterback in the NFL against a blitz. So, I mean, like there's no evidence that that's going to change. Well, damn, dude. I mean, I'm not going to say you've convinced me, but uh, it was good to hear. I, I was hoping you'd be able to come on here and provide a, uh, you know, a, a an objection to everything I was thinking going into this game, because all I was thinking about was Mahomes is, I mean, have you, did you, I'm sure you've caught it, but did you see Mahomes 17 game playoff stats now that he's played in 17 playoff games? No, I haven't, but I can only imagine. <laughs> okay. So here's Mahomes 17 game stats from the playoffs and nothing else. He's he completed 67.4% uh, of his passes. For 4,802 yards. Good he Lord. also added 460 rushing yards, 39 passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns to only seven interceptions. And so far this playoffs, he's got four touchdowns, 100 rating, and uh, he's completing 68%. And again, that's not necessarily like the 49ers are going to win because Patrick Mahomes is amazing in the playoffs. They could absolutely lose because Patrick Mahomes is amazing in the playoffs, but it's, I mean, just, I mean, that has to be odd at no matter what happens on Sunday. Cause that is, I mean, that's like an all time great season for a quarterback done in the playoffs. Yeah, man. Like, that's, that's why he's Mount Rushmore goat type shit. Because, I mean, that is like I, the face I'm making that's right now. It's like, season. Right. It's like, yeah, he had an MVP. A, a runaway MVP season against teams in the playoffs, which is just stupid. But I think Kelsey scored like 19 touchdowns in 21 playoffs, like something crazy like that too. Um, Kyle Hamilton, all pro safety, was supposed to be the guy to shut him down, and they come out first drive, throw Go out and right back shoulder. Yep, and that just an absolute like you couldn't put the ball in a better place than that. Um, and he was there; think, he was on him. How do you think they're gonna match up against Kelsey, like specifically? in the red zone, because if we're talking about the chiefs offense and how they do struggle when they do move the ball, when they do get in the red zone, like they have Kelsey and he is the ultimate neutralizer or equalizer. And he like, they just find ways to get him the ball, whether it's on a screen, which Rasheed Rice, uh, Rasheed Rice, however you say it, like both of those guys are, are dangerous on screens, but I, I would be worried about like, you know, just one-on-one -on -one back shoulders where he just wins with positioning. Like he's just bigger than you. And it could come down to, like him on a smaller Diamond Lenore type, where like I, I stood next to Lenore today. Like I'm, he's like five nine. Like he's not a big guy. Kelsey is not five nine for those. <laughs> so um is it gonna be as simple as, hey man, Fred Warner, we're gonna like cause he usually patrols the middle, so he's not gonna follow Kelsey. Like, are they gonna put Greenlaw on him? Are they gonna put Tayshawn Gibson? They're probably not gonna put a rookie Jair Brown on him. Um, like that's, that's, that's what I was going to say when you start answering the question It's like, who do you, you know, everybody's Sean Gibson, smart player, not necessarily the athlete, you know, an athlete capable of shutting down 
Kelsey, uh, Jair Brown, young, inexperienced player, not a guy you'd want matched up against a, a guy like Kelsey who has so much experience, whether it just be in the NFL or in the postseason. You know, uh, do you want to commit one of your linebackers to some weird type of man coverage? Not really, because that's not that great of a matchup to begin with. Maybe Fred Warner, but, uh, you know, I think your best option is Diomedor Lenore, just because that dude will fight anybody, you know, and yeah, you know he'll. He'll, you know, he'll play Kelsey how you have to play Kelsey. But I saw this interview. I think it was Kay, Kay Adams and Luke Keekley. And Luke Keekley said, you know, the mistake people always make against Kelsey is Kelsey, a lot in a lot of these plays, doesn't even have a real route. He's got like a, a space, like a, an area they want him to go to. And all he does is look for the opening in the zone, look for a weakness in your coverage, beat you in man, and get to that spot. And, you know, obviously... By the time he turns the ball on him, too. Right. And and Keekley basically said, if you want to have success covering Kelsey, you have to cover him man-to-man, and you have to keep your eyes on him at all times. The moment you put your eyes on the quarterback is when he's going to create those the couple of feet he needs, and Patrick Holmes will put it right where it needs to be. So, I mean, I, I think that someone like Diomenor Lenore can do it, even though he's smaller. He has the the umph to do it, you know, but I, I don't know that the 40, this is when you would love to have a Jimmy Ward, you yeah. know, somebody who's one of your safeties, but can easily come down and work as like a nickel and cover. I mean, that dude would cover Cooper Cup, you know, like he did the damn thing. And the 49ers don't quite have that player anymore. And maybe Jair Brown can develop into that realm and obviously they're missing Talano Hufunga but he wouldn't have been that guy anyways that's not his strong suit so Kelsey's definitely the guy and if you can if you can shut down Kelsey his next target is Rasheed Rice you know like there is a and then and then you've got yeah like MVS like if you can conquer that one major step that's I mean against the Ravens Kelsey was 11 of 11 for 116 yards and a touchdown. You tell me who you need to cover. Yeah. Incredible. You know, and, and I think the 49ers are capable of doing it. I think they, they've got the smarts to do it, but how many people have gone into a game against the chiefs knowing that they had to handle Travis Kelsey and still couldn't do it. You know, like he's probably all the Ravens all week. Right. And, 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 and and fucking Hamilton was doing a great job. <laughs> and he caught it anyway. So I, th- I think that you did a good job. In the NFL. Right. Yeah. And they're so soft, man. He makes it look easy. But, you know, and, and that's where, you know, I think you did a good job highlighting the advantages the 49ers offense has over the Chiefs defense, despite how good it is. Uh, you know, and, and, and the 49ers offense may be something that, the Chiefs haven't faced yet, but at, on the inverse, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is giving you two turnovers like Jordan Love did. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is missing targets like consistently like Jared Goff did or taking turning down an option on a bigger play. You know, I, I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to do. I don't think Patrick Mahomes has given up a 17 point lead. You know, and I don't think Andy Reid is choosing to go for those fourth downs when he can, you know what I mean? So it's, there's a lot of things that the 49ers have gotten and earned in the playoffs that the Chiefs aren't going to give them. Patrick Mahomes is, 
guess the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I'm not sure that's even close. And the 49ers sure as hell haven't faced one of them all year. So now again, that being said, obviously the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense is five of six drives in the second half against the Ravens. Right. Like the Ravens that's, what, had... that's what I was about to say. Okay. It's like there's it's clearly not that simple for this for the Chiefs. And I think the Ravens defense has a little bit more oomph than the 49ers do right now. Um, but yeah, in the second half, the Chiefs were punt, 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 game's over. So that's, that's not gonna beat the 49ers, man. Uh right. <laughs> so you know, I don't know what do you, what other thoughts do you have on the on the Chiefs offense? You know, what's Isaiah Pacheco runs like he uh, he took it personally, but he's not necessarily a dude. He is and he isn't. You know, I I appreciate him, but what do you think, Ben? What do you think? I just don't think their offensive line is anywhere near the same level as the Packers and the Lions. Like those are probably the top three offensive lines in the NFL. And I I mean, Joe Thune is very good. Like their interior, the Chiefs interior offensive line is good, but their tackles do leave plenty to be desired. And they're also very they heavily hold a lot. They do. <laughs> they sure do. I love um, that. Yeah, he's he's so honest, man. That's it's really cool. But when when you have tackles who either are heavily penalized or just are slow to get off the snap, and Nick Bosa, like one of his best traits is getting off the ball. Um, Chase Young should be able to win with his athleticism. Their right tackle, uh, Juwan Taylor, is the guy who who's always getting penalized. I I think the athleticism advantage up front, like Penae Sewell is probably the best right tackle in the NFL. And now it's Juwan Taylor. Uh, Donovan Smith was a C when he was with the Bucks all those years. Um, he's hardly serviceable now. Like he plays for the Chiefs. He has Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. So like being hit a little bit, I really think – the edge rushers for the 49ers have a chance to be successful, have a chance to create pressure. And in turn, you know, Patrick Mahomes may, maybe he gets sacked on, you know, second down and long or third and long where, where he doesn't have an opportunity to make those heroic type of plays. Um, the Ravens didn't blitz him a lot. And I, I'm not saying that Wilkes is going to come out, you know, throwing the kitchen sink I just think they're going to be a lot more aggressive than they were in both these last last games, whether that's playing more man, whether that's maybe sending an extra rusher, maybe it's just getting in the receiver's face. But I think the aggression level is just going to be tenfold from what it's been. And that's that's going to keep the Chiefs off balance on that side of the ball. So I, I really like the – I mean, the athleticism, like – those advantages that the 49ers have in that sense. And how you beat the 49ers again is by having a dude on the outside, like on the perimeter, um, who can run. And the Chiefs don't have that. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, obviously, you know, I, I keep talking. I, I've had about 32 conversations with myself throughout the week. You know, a, a friend will text me or a friend will message me or my brother will say something, my dad will say something. And you know, and I, I just have all these little conversations with myself saying, well, there's this and then, well, there's that. And, you know, I want to give the 49ers the benefit of the doubt. And then, you know, I think about those two playoff games and I'm like, like, dude, they looked like they were. I mean, 
they won those playoff games like like Rocky wins his boxing match. <laughs> you know, like he he gets they just take jabs. Yeah, they, they got their ass handed to them in in so many different ways, and then came out for the second half just bruised, battered, beaten. Didn't matter, you know. It, and the Russian was like, this guy's like made of iron. Like that's kind of how the 49ers have won. And, but they still have won. So, do, I mean, do you, do you punish them? Do you chastise them for saying, dude, this is like one of the worst halves I've ever seen this team play. Or do you praise them for coming out and with their hair on fire and be like, no, nah, we're not going to lose this game. And you know, if the 49ers somehow found a way to, to turn that second half into both halves, then, you know, they might've never lost a game this season, but I, I it's just unrealistic. So, it's, so what, it's, what happens if the 49ers get a chance to play with the lead, right? And the game script flips and now the pressure's on the chiefs defense to get a stop and the pressure's on the chiefs offense to score throughout the course of the season. When the chiefs move the ball, they had to settle for three points. So even if they do move the ball and they get shut down in the red zone, like three is not going to win the Super Bowl in this game. And that's, I think that's a pretty big uh, area of the game that, that's getting ignored. Like the Chiefs offense just struggled in the red zone. And again, with two weeks off, they're probably going to have a, a couple tricks up their sleeve. They'll probably have some new wrinkles to get Rice and Kelsey the ball. But when you only have like one threat and, and Rice, he's he's okay. He's fine. He's good. He's going to be good. But the way that they give him the ball is just by throwing screens to him. So you get in his face, you can all but eliminate Rice. So now we're talking about Kelsey, who's I, – I think we should just chalk him up for, what, 80 yards? Like, he's going to get his. Um, he does that every game. But I, is that going to be enough? Like, is that going to be – is Kelsey going off going to be worth 21 points to the scoreboard? Probably not. Are the odds like what are the odds Pacheco has like 150 yards on the ground? Like we just saw the Ravens shut him down. And I know the Ravens. Like you we're talking about how the Ravens are a better defense. There's no doubt. But like you go through Pacheco's box scores throughout the regular season, there's two games, three games where he had triple digits. Most of the games, he's closer to 50 than 100. So like again, like we talk about Mahomes and Kelsey so much. And we forget how pedestrian this offense is, and right, and, and it shows. Time, oh yeah, it, it shows. It, it, uh, Green Bay and Detroit both had better offenses than the Chiefs throughout the I season. I did not get no. that Packers Chiefs game from earlier in the regular season out of my head because they. I think that's how this game is going to go. Honestly, I think that the Forty Nine ers are going to move the ball like the Packers did. I think the um, the Chiefs are going to struggle to move the ball like they did against Green Bay. And for all the talk about the Chiefs defense, I think they're good, but they're good for the Chiefs, right? <laughs> they're like perception-wise, all these years, it's been Mahomes has to carry this unit or this team. But now that they have like a little bit better defense or maybe a lot of bit better, um, we're, we're under the assumption that it's an elite unit. And that's just not the case at all. I think, and you, and you mentioned this earlier, but I think – and surprise, what wins the 49ers this game is Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey has 20-plus carries, if I if Elijah Mitchell has another six to eight, if 
Debo Samuel has another 68. I know that's I mean, that's a big number, but if the 49ers run the ball, they win this game. The Chiefs are not great against the run. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be good against the run against the 49ers. But if the 49ers run the ball in this game, they win. And there's and there's uh, it's hard to imagine that Christian McCaffrey goes over 100 yards and has more than or equal to two scores and the 49ers lose. You know, like it speaks in to what's against the Lions and the Packers in the fourth quarter trailing, Shanahan's still running the ball. He's going right. to run the ball against the Chiefs. And the only the, the other reason you run the ball, it's 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 more almost a cliche is if you're running the ball effectively, Patrick Mahomes is sitting on the sideline and he's yeah. watching you march down the field. And if the 49ers want to win this game, I mean, if I was Kyle Shanahan and I am not Kyle Shanahan, my this entire two weeks, because we've seen Brock Purdy, he can deal, he can make the throws, he can make every throw inside of 15 yards, and then he can still make the ones deep better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. He's going to get his. He's going to make his throws, but you make his job so much easier if the run is moving. And if if I was for Kyle, Sh- Kyle Shanahan, my in- this entire two weeks would have been we are going to run the ball better, harder, more physical, and faster than we ever run it all season, and that's all we're working on. Like, you know, the from an offensive standpoint, if the 49ers can conjure up what the Lions did to them, over the course of a full game, of course, they'll win this game. And, and and it's, I still feel like, you know, maybe that's a little cliche, like Rob, of course, if they run the ball well, they'll win the game, you know, whatever. But I truly feel like even defensively, everything revolves around if the 49ers can run the ball, they can run the ball well, and they can get these 10, 11 play scoring drives, you know, running the ball well results in those drives, then they win. Because not only are you scoring, not only are you imposing your will and the type of game that you want to play, but Patrick Mahomes is watching. You know, like if if you want to neutralize the best one of the best players the NFL has ever seen, put him on the sideline and give him less chances than he's used to. You know, instead of being the Ravens that gave the the Chiefs, I don't know what it was, like it looked like ten drives and they still didn't score in like six of them. Give him six, see what they can do. You know, like it's not that easy. Six, seven, eight, whatever it would be. But to me, that's what it all comes down to. If the 49ers can run the ball. If Elijah Mitchell starts getting carries, if Debo Samuel gets carries, if they, they throw it out to Debo Samuel four or five times, 49ers will win. That's If they can't get that going, if they have to ask Brock Purdy to do more of his Brock Purdy shit, more of his game manager shit, then that's to me when they're in trouble. Not that they can't do it. That's when they're in trouble. I, I think it all comes down to if I had to pick one thing, offensive and defensive, defensively, if I had to pick one thing, I think it's Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers run the game. I, I think it's going to be a pretty um, pretty split between CMC and Debo. I think they're both going to be heavily involved. And, like, again, like going back to those, like, McDaniel, LaFleur games versus the Chiefs. They were able to get guys running wide open off motion and play action. What do the 49ers do? The exact same thing. Um, like the window dressing really, really hurt the Chiefs. And when, like when you can't run with these guys, it makes it even, even more difficult. And then the whole tackling part. I like the Chiefs are a very sound tackling team. 
But when you look at the weapons, like the group of wideouts that they played as a whole, not like individually, they're just like, it, it, it's not close to what they're going to see. Um, I, you would imagine off of by Shanahan is going to have different types of ways to get McCaffrey involved. I think as a, in the passing game, for as much as we're talking about um, the runs, like screens and stuff are an extension of the passing game, but he he's a threat at every level of the field. And I don't think the Chiefs have an answer um, matchup wise for him. Oh, well, all right, man. I think I've, uh, I think I've taken you away from your, uh, your Vegas vacation enough. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're about to rack out for what's going to be a, an interesting day tomorrow. What is your plan tomorrow? What's on the, what's on the docket? So media isn't till later on in the day, but, um, you usually get to radio row, you know, run into somebody I'm able to interview. Um, like there's always, so there's always going to be something, um, usually some kind of radio or podcast appearance, um, before we get out of here, score prediction. Oh God. Well, I, I mean, if you would ask me for a score prediction when this podcast started, I know this is such a bitch move. Like stick to your guns louder. Pussy. Um, sorry, children cover your ears. Um, <laughs> your muffs. I, if if you would have told me if you had answered a score prediction when I started this podcast, I probably would have gone thirty one twenty one Chiefs. Nice, Jesus. Now that we've now that we've had this conversation, I don't know. Maybe I'm swayed. Maybe I want to just <laughs> in the most pathetic fashion just walk both sides of the of the fence here, both sides of the line. Oh, I don't know, man. Maybe. 27, 24, 49ers. And I believe I talked about it on my pod earlier in the week. I think if the 49ers, 21's the number. Do I have that in here? 21 is the number for the Chiefs. Let me see, where's it at? Well, I'm trying to find it. Can't find it. I know that there's something. To, okay, Chiefs are 10-0 this season if they score 21 points. Zero wins if they are held under that. So, I mean, what I give them? 21 just now? Yeah. 34-21. All right, well, then I'll, I'll just say the 49ers bucked that trend, and they beat, them, uh, they beat them by three. I don't know. I don't know. Not, I'm not passionate about it. Y'all have heard me. But I'm going to uh, – I'm going to – I'm going to take the, uh, take the low road and, and – give you both my predictions before and after KP hit me with that sweet sauce. What do you, uh, what do you think, man? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the magic number for the chiefs, right? Like what, what number they need to get to when the 49ers reach, I think it's 24. Um, but well, first off, like when, when Brock Purdy throws not even two or three or four, when he throws one interception, he's 22 and one. Like when, when the 49ers don't throw multiple picks. when <laughs> If you want to throw out Jake Moody's um, missed field goal in Cleveland, like that's the only reason why it's not 23-0. So when the 49ers reach 24 points since Brock Purdy's been under center, or I think it's going back to 2022 in general, like they are 25-0 and and they are going to score 24 points because they score 24 points against everybody. <laughs> I think 
they are going to score 30. I think it's going to be 31, 20, and I think it's going to be the, the game script's going to flip, right? They're going to be able, the ones to play with the lead, which we act like is impo- like it's just no chance of happening. I'm not saying like me and you, but when you listen to people talk about this game, there are so many data points of the 49ers just racing out to these big leads. They've done it against quality teams too. So I, th- I think they're going to put the pressure on the Chiefs and we're going to see more of the Chiefs that we saw in the second half of the season and not the Chiefs in the playoffs, not the Chiefs that were the beneficiaries of, you know, just teams moving the ball and then not cashing in or just, you know, sack fumbles, giving up short fields and um, just being sloppy. I, I don't think we see that version of the 49ers. I think they're going to be a button. We're going to see the buttoned up version of the Niners and I don't think they have to play their A game to win. I think we're going to probably see you know closer to a B plus game, and and that is good enough to be the Chiefs. So, thirty-one uh, twenty. Uh, congrats to Shanahan. Damn. Okay. Okay. And obviously, you know, if the 49ers win this game, they kind of have a little bit of a safety net, unless they get blown out. If they lose the game, you lost to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I don't think you know. Obviously, unless they win embarrassingly. No one's going to chastise the 49ers for losing to the Chiefs again. You know, I will. Like, I know. Well, you're you're more honest than most. But <laughs> they are a better you know, team. If they than win, in almost every facet, they should beat them. And I know that's so. Well, weird. and I I, I I I I agree. But I I fucking have watched these last two playoff games. And yeah, I'm like, what yeah. what am I looking at? Like now again, they righted the wrong, they fixed it, and they won the game. But it's just hard to forget. But I mean, they win this game and. Kyle Shanahan, you know, Brock Purdy, the script is, would, would there be a bidding war for the script in Hollywood? You know, like there's, it, it would be cool. It would be cool, but you know, they've got, and they're there, they're at the show. They got one game to do it. Um, and shit, <laughs> wasn't it, wasn't it, was it Brock Purdy that was in the shootout with the Raiders or was that Jimmy Garoppolo? That was Jimmy. That was um Yeah, okay. Was okay, next, okay. Uh what was his name? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making sure they're not blending together. Oh, uh, what's his name? It's gonna bother me because he carved them up that game. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. But anyways, I don't want to get distracted by that. But that was la- was that the last time they played in that stadium? It was, right? It was, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of things would, would the 49ers would benefit greatly from this win, more so than the Chiefs would. I don't think anybody's have has any identity problems with Andy Reid or the Chiefs or Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or any of those guys. And obviously that doesn't change the fact that they want to win it just as bad as the 49ers. But when you look at which team has more to benefit or which player, I mean, things for the 49ers, you know, they finally get that, that next Lombardi in the case. They finally have got six, which ties them with the Dallas Cowboys and puts them one behind the Steelers, right? Who's, sure who's got did. the most? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. It's not a big deal. Sorry. One of those two. Steelers, Patriots. Um, you know, and it's it would be a, it'd be a hell of a thing. It'd be a hell of a thing. That's that's putting it lightly. But we're past 11 o'clock here, and my brain is not allowing me to create words that are more eloquent than this. KP, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for, for gutting this one out, man. I know you had a long day. Yeah, no problem, man. Glad I could help. Uh, I'm glad I could help change your tune a little bit. We couldn't, I, uh, we couldn't break. I the do street, feel good man. about yeah. this one. Yeah. That's interesting. It's cool. To, it, it, and, and I don't think that, 
you know, you didn't, you didn't go about it in a way that's just, you know, some type of weird 49ers fandom. It was, it was, it was measured. It was, and it was appreciated. Um, enjoy your Super Bowl, man. Is this your first Super Bowl? It is not. Second. Ooh. Last one didn't go so well. <laughs> did you go, you went to, did you go to the 49ers last Super Bowl? Yeah, I was in Miami for that one. Okay. Okay. Well, whatever, man. Still at a Super Bowl. People paying there a lot are, of money to go to those things. They are better, so much better than that version. Offensively, that yeah. defense was pretty good. I think it. So that's another reason why I feel the way I do. Because just for most of this year, it feels like it was an offensive season just around the league in general. Like the best offense was going to prevail, and that's what we're kind of seeing. And I think in this game, like it's going to come down to the best offense. And uh, again, like ignore. Yeah, it's impossible to ignore. But <laughs> ignore. I was just going to say, are you about to ask me to ignore Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> it's it's a team sport, and he, he they just don't score at the same clip as the Forty ers is, is the easiest, the simplest way. To which play. is a fact. Which is yeah. a fact. Now the Forty ers haven't played the Chiefs. Chiefs haven't played the Forty ers this season. 49ers have never beaten the Chiefs since Patrick Mahomes got there. But, hey, there's a first time for everything. Why not do it in the biggest game of the year? They had a chance to beat them last time. It was 14-13 to 13 going into with like a minute left in the second quarter. And Jimmy G throws a fadeaway into the end zone and Murphy's Law from there. So, like again, if, if <laughs> just do not turn the ball over at the worst possible times. And <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, dude. You made you uh, you brought it. I appreciate you uh, lending me and I'm sure some of the striking gold fam some a little bit of confidence, a little bit of a little bit of patience, a little bit of comfort. Um, if you want to know where KP is, he's on Twitter. He's been posting some clips from Vegas at KP underscore show. He's also the lead man at NinersNation.com. Uh, again, the company that didn't let him be my co-host and then because they have a podcast network and then they canceled their own podcast network shortly after. So tells you that, but KP's a soldier and he's, uh, he's doing the damn thing over there. NinersNation.com, Check it out. Um, always worth reading. And again, the YouTube channel, Kyle Posey. I've already seen a comment saying that I sent them there. So continue to go there. If Please. you haven't gone there, go there. Uh, it's good stuff. Very detailed play breakdowns in a way that you don't see often. Yeah, you, if you're looking for substance, get over there. Um, all right, man. Appreciate you, brother. Anytime, man. Pleasure doing business with you. Yep, we will uh we'll talk before and after the game. We will. We will. We will. All right, everybody. Appreciate you very much. Thank you for listening to the pod. Uh, again, go to pricepicks.com slash gold, promo code gold, and they will match any first deposit up to a hundred dollars. You got one game left. You might as well put it on the line. Pricepicks.com slash gold. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. It's been one hell of a season. Um, I will have another episode. Uh, this episode should be coming at you Friday, Thursday morning. And then I'm also recording a Thursday episode and that one should be coming at you Friday morning. A uh, couple guests slash collaborations um, going on for that one. So stay tuned. Um, but I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, that's KP. That's Kyle Posey. KP underscore show. I'm Rob Lauder. This is Striking Gold. And we're signing out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.